and the Guys Movie Podcast, the premiere podcast about Hollywood legend Sylvester Stallone, where we go through his filmography in chronological order, film by film. I'm one of your co-hosts, South Turk. I'm the other co-host, Marion Cobra. No. Pope Reddy. No, yeah, okay. All right. All right. Then we've made it all the way to 1986. Good God. <laughs> There's some bookies somewhere that have lost a lot of money about how far we've made it, but we're here to 1986, a year before I was born. What are we, 15 years into his filmography, self? I don't know anymore. It feels like a hundred. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so for, today, for today's episode, what did we watch, Chris? Uh, South, we watched 1986's Cobra, which, depending on which version you watch, is either the origin what? story for G.I. Joe's Arch Enemy okay. or yeah, yeah. A, a documentary about a Ronald Reagan healthcare act in 1985. <laughs> I don't know which one I would prefer over the one we actually watched. On one hand, <laughs> who doesn't love... <laughs> who doesn't love Cobra? Yeah, who doesn't love G.I. Joe's Arch Enemy Cobra? And he doesn't love Ronald Reagan. Well, actually. <laughs> uh, but in actuality, Cobra, uh, Sly plays his toughest character yet as a police officer dirtier than Harry. Yeah. Who must protect a beautiful witness from a cult of serial killers. Uh, okay, that's what that's... Okay, so that's what the movie's about. I really <laughs> couldn't tell from the actual movie. I'm not joking. This movie makes... <laughs> Well, we'll get into it. <laughs> we'll get into it. Um, so uh, I think this is the first uh, for Sly and the guys, because I think this is the first time we've had a um, uh, reoccurring director. We have George uh, Cosmatos, who also directed mm -hmm. uh, Rambo 2. So this is the first time. Out, well, of course, outside of Stallone directing. Yeah, but this is the first yeah. time we've had a returning director. In uh, Stallone's filmography, but honestly, what I've read that uh, Stallone pretty much directed this one as well. I know it's coming as a shock to longtime listeners of Sly and the Guys that somehow or another uh, Stallone took control of everything: the directing, Every aspect yeah, the, the screenplay, yeah, the casting, um, even the music. Uh, the music was by Sylvester Levey, which sounds like a pretty lazy pseudonym, but I guess he's a real person. I don't know. Um, I looked him up. He's done Cobra and he did Mannequin, uh, and then he's did like the Werewolf TV series, which is pretty much like the Incredible Hulk TV series, but he's a werewolf instead. And um, oh, I didn't know Sylvester Stallone did soundtracks <laughs> for TV shows. That's cool. That's yeah, a, that's a yeah, nice yeah, little yeah. tidbit of information. You're welcome, uh, listeners. That's uh, uh -huh, yeah, yeah. And we are uh, recording hot on the news that he has uh, announced that he is going to reprise his role from Guardians of the Galaxy Part Two and Guardians of the Galaxy Part Three. So hold on to your butts. Um, <laughs> that's news to me. That's this, exciting. Yeah, Stallone <laughs> and. Uh, James, James Gunn James teaming Gunn. up again. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. After their hit run in uh, The Suicide Squad. So, there you go. All right, all right. I think we've got all the <laughs> the, the housekeeping under our belts now. Chris, what's, what is this movie about? Because I still don't really, I, I still don't really know. 
<laughs> I mean, your guess is as good as mine. So, uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, originally, this movie was apparently an hour longer than it is and had to get cut down <laughs> so it didn't get an X rating. So they removed a lot of gore and yeah. cut off hands and uh-huh. bullet holes and extended death scenes. Um, According to who? That's the question. But anyways, yeah, yeah. Because let me tell you this, just like every Stallone movie, the trivia section on uh imdb for this is extensive and most of it once again is in favor of a certain so-called auteur so it makes me wonder it's like those police movies and stuff where they're like we didn't release that information to the public how did you yeah how did you know what the killer was wearing (laughs) so this movie opens not to steal your thunder with uh an opening that made me feel very uncomfortable (laughs) And once again, how could it have made you feel uncomfortable, South? I thought I had seen this movie. I swear I'd seen this movie. Um, but this was not the movie I thought I saw. So it opens with a montage of a cult like. I don't how a cult and an industrial workers cult all raising axes in like rhythm in the air banging them together and banging them together yeah like some ritualistic yeah cross cut with a mysterious rider riding his motorcycle in silhouette surrounded by a red evening sky so right away i was like what the fuck is this (laughs) on top of that you get a close-up of a gun with a cobra on the hand yes yeah and you get the voiceover Mm -hmm. Of Sylvester Stallone. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I skipped the best part because I just want to live my life as happy as I can. Yeah, describe this opening. I might just skip right over it because I just don't... I don't know, man. Uh, So, a voiceover of of our our best friend and and friend of the podcast. Yeah, and apparently, like, NRA spokesperson. Do it. Yeah, he's uh, in America. There's a burglary every 11 seconds. 11 seconds. Armed robbery every 65. Yeah. And a violent crime every 25 seconds. And rape. He mentions rape, too. A murder every 24 minutes and 250 rapes a day. Yep. So, and this is this is while, like, a gun is pointing at the camera, right? He not not only pointing at a camera, it shoots at the audience. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like Alec Baldwin was ho- was holding it. <laughs> oh man, is that too soon? I don't. I'm the editor. I'll, I won't. A B A B C always be committing <laughs> manslaughter. <laughs> So yeah, so it's a really th- like I don't think I've ever seen such a threatening opening to a movie like ever. I don't know. It's almost just like why would you not just get up and walk out of the theater right then and there? I was like, I don't know. I don't know what happened in that movie, but the start it started, and I think Stallone threatened to either rob me, kill me, or rape me. I don't know. <laughs> like I don't want to, I don't want to make light of those crimes, but. One, where is he getting those statistics? Yeah. Because the internet didn't <laughs> exist, up. and neither yeah. did Facebook. Yeah. Uh, and and do you think he's like, is he changing up the times? Because he says like every this amount of seconds, every this amount of minutes, and this many a day. 
Like, he's trying to make it sound... Like, he's trying to skew the numbers to make it sound worse than it is. Because, like, again, not making light of those crimes, but 250 rapes in a country of, at the time, 240 million. Like... Well, here, here's my point. If I saw this in the theaters, and, like, he did all these um, statistics based on time, I'd be like, well, how long is this movie? Because, I mean, like... <laughs> like don't tell the audience how many murders uh <laughs> rapes, rapes and burglaries, burglaries are, gonna are happening while you're watching. yeah while you're watching the movie because this movie is like an hour and a half or hour and 40 minutes or whatever so like honestly i'd be like good god i need to get out there and stop this like leave the fucking theater it's almost like at the beginning he wanted to make a uh, McGruff the crime dog movie where yes like, you learn about crimes and how to prevent them but then you know Stallone went and, went and did what he does best. And I don't doubt he just pulled all of these numbers out of, his a- out of his ass. I'm not saying that, like, they're probably close at that period in 1986, but this movie is fear-mongering, like, the yeah. entire way. And um, I hope that our podcast and its listeners don't... Uh, expose this movie to a certain audience because they could totally watch it and be like cobra was right (laughs) 34 years later because this movie is pure right-wing like fear-mongering like the nra must have bust the zippers of their pants with boners over this film Uh, so after we get that, <laughs> that ridiculous stat dump, that's just like, And this hey, is the same guy that made shit. Rambo, you, you understand com- this? The comfort, you enjoying the comfort of the air conditioning in your movie theater? <laughs> People are dying. Oh my god. So yeah, we get these two intros that are just scary. There's no other way to say it. Yeah, like, I mean, stylistically, like, the, the motorcycle driving against the red background is like, well, that's pretty cool. That's gotta be Cobra, right? Exactly! Like, would... Yeah, I was, the whole time I was like, well, that's gotta be Cobra riding riding against uh, the, the red background. He's he's looking pretty cool, man. It's not! <laughs> <laughs> it's a man who's, who's mad at, at chips and soda machines. Yeah. <laughs> Cause, cause the man on that motorcycle with the like skull and crossbones, but the yeah. bones are axes tattoo. Yeah, goes into a grocery store and just starts shooting. It just displays. Yeah, who would have thought Stallone uh, predicting uh, white men, white males doing mass shootings in public areas by thirty four years? Well, actually, I guess when was columbine 97 okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay but still pretty impressive for 86 so he goes in with a shotgun which Mm -hmm. my knowledge of video games lets me know is the (laughs) easiest gun to shoot yeah yeah Um, Uh you know just aim in a general direction but he doesn't hit anybody he goes into a crowded grocery store starts shooting and misses everybody, but it, again, I think maybe he used to be a, a stock clerk, or uh, you know, maybe he works for a rival grocery store at this point, and is just trying to to cause some chaos to drive business to the competition. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, that, uh, but this, but I really, I thought this was a throwback to uh, Fist, 
yeah. <laughs> you know, with the uh, with the 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 uh, the assault or at least gun down hit and also taking place in the grocery store. So this is really uh, self uh, re- reference. You say it. I can't say it. Self-referencing? Yeah, 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 for Stallone, because he's returned to uh, apparently something he felt wasn't done good enough, a, a uh, assault in a grocery store. So, and Apparently, originally in the script, it was going to be in a movie theater, but I guess he, he second-guessed, uh, hey, let me lead, read off all these crime statistics and then show people dying in a movie theater. Like, yeah. if the threat wasn't overt enough... Mm-hmm. I do like the, like... It's really lacy, but really cool at the same time. So this dude shoots open a couple of coolers, which then, like, sends all the cold air out to, like, provide, like, the smoky atmosphere, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so it looks really cool. I'm just like, this is really stupid at the same time. Well, and then, uh, so we go outside. The police have cordoned off the building, and mm-hmm. uh, they don't they don't really know what to do. SWAT team shows up and everything, and, and one of my... Uh, not necessarily favorite, but an actor I really enjoy in everything. Art Lafleur, who just yeah, shows yeah. up in mm-hmm. random stuff, just uh, turns to a um, subordinate cop and says, "Call the Cobra." Call the Cobra. Yeah, it's, it's not like the like the Joel Schumacher Batman films. You're like, "Call the Batman." Uh, but we skipped over something really quick. When I was still under the influence that the person driving the motorcycle was in fact Cobra. And he pulls up before you see his face at the grocery store and parks in the handicap section. I was really impressed with Stallone. I was like, well, at least he's finally coming to the terms about some things, you know? <laughs> then I realized it wasn't Stallone, so. The old bait and switch. Yeah, the old bait and switch. But yeah, sorry. But yeah, so then, uh, then we get Cobra himself. Cobra, which the name itself, like, you and I both thought he was going to be riding the motorcycle. I assumed he was then going to show up in a motorcycle. No, he shows up in a 1950 Mercury. That's right, gearheads listening to Slide and the Guys Movie Podcast. It's a 1950 Mercury Monterey, which Stallone himself provided. And this leads into another thesis of mine, is that this is the first of the modern Stallone films. Where you can, I will argue this for the rest of this podcast until we die or get so many cease and desist, desist orders, we're just taken off the air. But I think like he's only kind of in the past twenty years tried to make Cobra over again because he's tried to make because yeah yeah because it, I think in the nineties I think we'll get there, but I think he's kind of like expanded or tried to expand but like in the aughts and the uh the uh decade after that i think he's it's always like this one character with the catchphrases and the cool Mm -hmm. cars and no real development i think he's just (laughs) kind of remade cobra over and over again especially in the expendables movies um but we're like bullet to the head yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. he's like as long as i have a cool car and not even really cool cars they're just like uniquely cool cars like who like the idea of a cop driving a 1950 mercury monterey with night you know 
Nas in it, you know, where he can flip the switch. It's so like it's clearly just like, no, this is what we're gonna do. It has nothing. It's like to he's the taking point. cliches and he's like, I gotta, I gotta one up the cliche. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is the movie, but anyways, I'm sorry. Like, there's just so much to unpack here. I'm trying to like hold back, but yeah, keep going, keep going. My bad. <laughs> like the car's even got the lamest vanity plate. It just says like yeah. awesome fifty. Yeah. Uh-huh. You're this badass cop, but you went and got a vanity plate for your car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it says awesome yeah. 50. Yeah. Awesome 50, yeah. Because it's his real car in real life. He's like, well, you know, I got a guy who's got a car. It's me. So. Do you think Stallone at this point was really just using movies as, like, Instagram? Like, he's an influencer and he's just showing off his cars and look at all the... Look at my supermodel girlfriend. <laughs> look at my super cool car. Well, this was definitely this was 1986. Miami Vice started in 1984 on the um, on t- television, and it revolutionized what um, American crime dramas were. So this is definitely Stallone trying to do Miami Vice. Hence, mm-hmm. like them being in L.A., but he's on the beach all the time. All the cool cars, all that editing that like it's really quick flashes put to like. Uh, popular pop song well in his mind popular pop songs but like <laughs> none of them are recognizable in this movie at all um, yeah and also like him and his, like him and his partner I, this is the stupidest like buddy cop movie i've ever seen because like him <laughs> and his partner have nothing going and like what it comes down to is that he just criticizes his partner for not eating health food and that's it <laughs> that's true like i i have to argue with you they have no other relationship it's just literally like yeah you know like uh, i read the script and i'm sure like you know this is just a good back and forth to develop characters but what if he just like called him fat a lot And nobody can argue with Sly on set. <laughs> yeah, because he's already yeah because he's already taking control from the director. Like that was also a thing that like yeah, I don't I don't know if the plot of this is even worth going through because this movie is so fucking weird. It's barely <laughs> a fucking movie. It's really yeah. just like setting up Stallone to get to say um, quips and like yeah. slogans. His, his dialogue the entire movie is one. Like, it's almost as though, like, he saved up all the dial the dialogue he wanted to say in yeah. Rambo every and di- then just dumped it. Yeah, every director in the past 20 years that, like, wouldn't let him at, like do, like, uh, add-on lines to, like, scenes and all that shit, he saved them all in a journal and then dumped them all in this fucking movie. <laughs> I don't know. He just, I really he just don't had know. a notebook full of napkins from yeah, set. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I don't... What is this movie <laughs> fucking about? There's a cult? And it has a cult of serial killers, Sal. They're on the loose. They're killing people. <laughs> That's the plot. <laughs> and and Cobra is against crime. He yeah. doesn't like crime and he thinks we're too light on crime in this country. We're not harsh enough on criminals and we're letting criminals run free. And he is the only thing standing between us and oblivion. So here at Sly and the Guys Movie Podcast, we have three rankings. <laughs> no, I will say this though: I do love the setup of like the grocery store standoff. I feel like I feel like if you re- remade this movie today and and like I don't know, dro- it killed Stallone or dropped him in to like Jane Cameron's 
um, pit that he has at the bottom of the ocean or something. Um, it would be really cool to like reboot Cobra as like a, a real time film set around the standoff in a grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. Make it like a, like that would a, be great. yeah. Like start from the very beginning, keep it completely in time and end with like Cobra, like kind of fixing it. Not like he does, but like, you know, a realistic police officer in this situation. I, I think that's a great idea. Thanks. Um, let's let's write that. Yeah, dear um, unshaven. Dwayne, or Dwayne the Rock Johnson's probably already producing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Um, I I will say I appreciate. I don't think it's good, but I appreciate. <laughs> We've that abandoned is, this movie already. <laughs> I appreciate that Stallone kind of knows, like. He do, not he doesn't know no, he, doesn't he doesn't care. It's just yeah. let's get into this movie. Let's I don't care about expo. Let's just have everybody say all the exposition. Cobra shows up on set and one of the cops who has not been named yet just walks up to him and says, "I gotta let you know I don't agree with you being here." Yeah, and then Cobra just walks away. Yeah, they don't have mm-hmm. a discussion. Cobra yeah. just walks in. Mm-hmm. Cobra walks into the grocery store. Um. It doesn't take his sunglasses off. Yeah, the entire time. I have a whole bit about that. Don't worry. Um, walks into the grocery store. Like, the guy knows he's in there, so he's, like, shooting random, random things. At one point, Cobra takes cover next to a beer cooler, decides just to take a beer out, drink a little bit, and then throw it away. Like, what? <laughs> Why? We gotta show he's a badass, South. He's yeah. a man of the people. Uh, what would Jim Bob do if he was a cop in LA in a shootout? You're right. You're right. Gonna stop for a cold one. And and honestly, who among us hasn't taken advantage of a free beer in an active shooter situation? <laughs> Not I, Chris. Not I. Uh, so uh, Cobra shows up, <laughs> like the killer, the hostage taker, whatever you want to call him. Asks if the TV cameras are there. Yeah. Um, says he has a bomb, uh-huh. and he's he's, he's <laughs> and implementing when, the way of the new when, world. And that's what Cobra says. He doesn't care if he has a bomb. He doesn't shop here anyways. Oh, let's piss off! I don't shop here. Like, <laughs> so you just gave us this voiceover about you don't you're, you all these crimes that are being committed across the country at all times. Yeah, uh-huh. but you don't care if he blows up a grocery store because yeah. you don't shop there. All those murders and all those rapes, he he doesn't shop at those locations, so he really doesn't care. <laughs> so he just, uh, you know, you mentioned it earlier, but his first ten lines of dialogue in this movie are all one-liners. Yeah, because that's when you get the famous one. So he, yes, he, so he approaches the uh, this. I don't even know what they call this person. You're right, like a terrorist, I guess. He approaches the terrorist and like so he's like saying all this stupid stuff and all all Cobra has to say is you're you're a disease and I'm the cure. And that's the catchphrase of this movie. But you know what, Mr. Stallone? You're a disease and here at Sliding the Guys Movie Podcast, we're the cure. So here at Sliding the Guys, we have three <laughs> different rankings of what we <laughs> I he doesn't specify that it's a venereal disease. <laughs> you hear that? Unwaxed or whatever the fuck your name is. 
Uh, oh. So, uh-huh. then, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. So, anyways. <laughs> still so, Cobra still then <laughs> kills the hostage taker by throwing a knife at him. Yeah, that has yelling, a cobra on it. drop it. Yeah. And then immediately yeah. shooting six times. You gotta get that drop it in there so you can't, like, you know, you have to do that extra paperwork. I guess. Uh, so it's like it's like the, it's like the old South, it's like the old South Park joke. It's like they're coming right for us, you know. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then you know, Cobra shoots him five or six times, kills him, <laughs> and then wouldn't you know it, these dumb liberal reporters come in and start <laughs> hounding him telling him that he used do you think he used too much excessive force here cobra and he grabs the reporter yeah shoves him to a dead body yeah uh-huh. it just like traumatizes the reporter for asking reasonable questions yeah cobra mm-hmm. did you just use a throwing knife against an assailant and after stabbing him in the heart yeah shot him six times yeah so uh we know where cobra stands and once again like that's his name in this entire movie until the very very end we just know him as cobra it's not like i whatever i don't know so cobra goes home after a, a long day at work yeah and like can't park his like car in like the space provided i guess or whatever so just pushes the car in front of him um with his own car and i don't think that's how cars work you can't just like push a parked car you know like that close i mean if you're but you know what like i when i was taking my that's the least ridiculous yeah 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 uh But he accosts the people at their car, like, yeah, gets uh-huh. into a fight with them, mm. rips the guy's shirt, yep. and then goes into his house. Yep. It's just a normal Monday for Cobra. And he's got a pretty cool apartment, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it's uh, he's got a nice big neon Pepsi sign outside mm. on the balcony. Pepsi and... is everywhere in this movie. It was clearly, uh, the, the filmmakers took the Pepsi and Coke a challenge back there in the 80s and chose pepsi <laughs> they knew it was a, a choice of a new generation so yeah and, uh, uh-huh. and i even saw like uh in the grocery store scene uh there was something called pepsi free so i realized why that uh brand failed because i mean you can't put free on something you know? <laughs> like, it's like uh, pepsi and, free. Uh, steal this book <laughs> yes yeah exactly you can't get mad um so he gets, so this is really the most important scene in the movie to me <laughs> but uh tell us what happens here chris so cobra goes to the fridge uh-huh. and pulls out yep. a piece of pizza and a carton of eggs yeah okay Walk, yeah. walks over to the table uh-huh pulls out the pizza uh, and you know it's Stallone doing that thing that he likes to do where he's like winking beat, at the audience beat like women. do you remember oh, wait, the no, egg sorry. thing I did? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And instead of eggs in the egg carton, it's yeah. gun oil. <laughs> he begins mm-hmm. to oil his gun yeah. and he pulls out a pair of scissors. Yeah. And cuts the tip off the pizza. We should just end the podcast here. I mean like I don't 
We should probably have a whole episode about why you eat pizza by cutting it up with scissors. Not even like vertically, but horizontally. Right. Like what? He circumcises the pizza. Why? Well, who? But also, it's very clear he lives alone. Why don't, like, if you are just going to eat, maybe he's trying himself on. It's like, I want to eat full pizza. But, like, take a bite and put it back. You're dirtying extra silverware now. Also, are scissors silverware, Sal? Yeah, no, we have, um, I have some cooking scissors. Mm -hmm. When we eat the foreskin of the local Jewish babies, we still, we definitely use those. Before we fry them up and inhale them to provide us infinite life. As Father Biden tells us. Uh, so, um, on the TV, <laughs> while Cobra eats his pizza and oils his gun, uh, they're profiling the Night Slasher, who's killed 16 people. He's a serial killer on the loose. and mm -hmm. um, It's at this point in the movie that Cobra finally takes his glasses off because he's so taken aback by the serial killer. Now, let me tell you. I have a condition that's called photophobia. I have a extreme, uh, I don't talk about this much, but I'm willing to share it with the 10 people that listen to this podcast. Uh, I have photophobia, which is extreme uh, light sensitivity in my eyes. And uh, I wear sunglasses a lot. Uh, because uh, A, um, if it's too much, I get what's called ocular migraines, where I lose my uh, parts of my vision for at least 30 to 45 minutes and a numbness comes over me and then for the next 48 hours I'll have a really bad, mi bad migraine. If you take my picture with a flash, I will see that flash for the rest of the day. Um, so I wear sunglasses a lot. Not because I think I'm cool, but because that shit sucks. But I, I don't cool. wear sunglasses in my own goddamn apartment in the fucking daytime okay i take my sunglasses off when i come home <laughs> especially when i'm eating my pizza i take the sunglasses off to eat my pizza i don't use scissors but that's neither here nor there well listeners that proves it south's not as cool as cobra <laughs> yeah exactly i just like that somewhere at some point they were like well, he's going to come in and take his sunglasses off. And Stallone was like, no, 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 no. He's going to keep them on until it's like dramatically appropriate for him to take them off. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. I think he wears regular eyeglasses in Tango and Cat. He does, yeah. Um, <laughs> do you think maybe that's him trying to like correct the wrongs of this? But like you said, he's been, just been trying to remake it over and over again. Is it him trying to correct the wrongs? I have no fucking... But, like, even if... It, I don't care how serious you took yourself. Some parts of this movie you could have not done about, like, a, like a sense of, like, satire. <laughs> like, wearing the sunglasses for that long. And then, like, you know, cutting your pizza up or whatever the fuck he was doing. <laughs> Cleaning his gun the entire time. Um, and then like, just, to like watch the news and then like had that dramatic moment of taking them off. It's just like, it's just it's so much like, well, how are we going to show that you're really like affected by whatever's on the news? And he's like, oh, I wish I still had my sunglasses on. So then I could take them off. And then like all of them, all of a sudden it hit him. He was like, wait, what if I don't take him off to begin with? 
Is is that why he got plastic surgery so he always looks surprised? So when he takes off his sunglasses, there's just a look of surprise on his face. I know exactly what happened. He this probably the scene was probably I already said the scene is the most important scene in the movie. So I'm sure it was the most important scene on set. Like this is like everyone was working around it. So he was probably having a real hard time about like how to like really show the concern about like you know finding this news out and he was like well and he was like well who do i know is you know is a good actor you know i don't really oh i'll call arnold so he called arnold right so it was like hello hey one you know i got this big scene in this movie you know and i just used to be like uh you know i don't really know but uh like i you know like it's really important and arnold's like hold on wait 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 no 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 are you wearing sunglasses in the scene? <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I walk in, he's like, we'll take them off when it's very important. It's very simple, duh. <laughs> Are you... Uh, you know what? I thought about that, but the director, he just said, you know, he's, he don't know what he's talking about. He said it was stupid, but I suggested that like three years ago when we first started started making this movie. And he said it was stupid if I like wore my sunglasses the entire time in the scene and then took them off at this one moment, you know, and then like, you know, it wasn't, ah, yeah, that's where we are the stars and like, and they are the stupid people. Ah, all right, I've got to go. Bye bye. And so. He's like, yeah, I'll see you. And like, doesn't hang up. But then you hear it. But then you hear Schwarzenegger in the background being like, ha ha ha. I told that stupid idiot to keep his sunglasses on in the entire scene. And he's going to do it. He's such a fucking idiot. And then you hear like, and it's like, hey, uh, you didn't hang up and I didn't hang up. And I was like, oh, uh, no, I'm sorry. I, I was talking to someone else. Ha ha ha. All right. Bye bye. Click. <laughs> so I'll show him. I, I you know, uh, Schwarzenegger eats his pizza normal. I'm gonna eat my pizza. <laughs> I'm gonna make an interesting character. Yeah, 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 yeah. He calls up <laughs> like later, later, because they shot this backwards because Stallone's an artist, right? <laughs> he calls him up, <laughs> like. Arnold's still just like, I don't know, fucking his nanny or whatever the fuck he did. Like, uh, hello? <laughs> hey, one more thing. I mean, uh, just, you know, I was like, we were just like, we're having an argument on set, and I'm an artist, and like, you know, the director's not. Like, how, I, I'm just, oh, I don't know, how would you eat your pizza, man? <laughs> and the source is just like laughing his ass. I mean, I'll tell you how I eat my pizza. I take the scissors out and I cut them, you know, because like I cut pizzas just like I cut my muscles. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love I love this this version of Stallone <laughs> who just says I'm an artist in every other sentence. I'm sure he does in real life. I'm sure we well, get, it's, we it's funny you mentioned that South because <laughs> I watched the behind the scenes of this movie and I know we're only ten minutes into this movie. We still have like eighty minutes. This is to gonna go. be a two parter. <laughs> <laughs> but Stallone mentions in the behind the scenes no, of this movie not. that he that... does not. <laughs> What's that? He, no, no, keep going. I'm sorry. He mentions that uh, the the hardest part of making this movie is to not be too preachy. <laughs> and then when asked about what people should take away from this movie, he said, you know, oftentimes people look at it and try and uh, and make a 10-course meal 
out of a movie, but instead he prefers to put out a buffet and let people take what they want from it. So Stallone views Cobra as like the golden corral of his movies. So I was getting my hair cut the other day. And this guy's you know. been, this guy's been cut my hair for like uh, ever since I moved Chattanooga, but he recently moved like um, to a new location, and thankfully he called me and was like, "Hey, I'm moving." So, so the new new location he's cut my hair at, he's a it's a it's a much more like open place, like free place, you know, like they got a bunch of like movie posters and they've got like a cabinet of, like Star Wars toys and all this stuff, right? So there's all these characters in here, and it's only the second time I've been there, but um. This guy was in there, and you know it was uh, it was about it was about five forty five. So it was clearly like the uh, the people that knew the owners, like friends of the, them, were there. And um, one guy stood up. He's like, "You know where the the best place to eat in Chattanooga right now?" And people were like, "No, no, no idea." And he was like, "The Golden Corral." <laughs> and everyone was like, "Bullshit, man! You, that's not the best place to eat, right?" And he's like, "No, you gotta think about this." All during COVID, all the restaurants let all their staff go, right? Including the time-honored, you know, chefs, the ones that had the most like hours under their belt and everything. And Golden Corral was the first place to come back. So where did all those chefs begging for a job go to? The answer is the Golden Corral. So right now, the Golden Corral is the best restaurant you can go to in Chattanooga. Now, and he's like, and now you laugh at me, but at the same time, you go out there to your brunches, eat your same, the same brunch you can get anywhere, pay $60, $70, $80. But keep in mind, you can get all that for $9.99 at the Golden Corral. (laughs) So maybe that's roughly a metaphor for Stallone's entire filmography. Why watch any of the rest of his movies when you can get everything you need from a Stallone movie in Cobra? Right here in Cobra. Right here in Cobra. Cobra is the buffet, is the Golden Corral of Stallone movies. Well, besides the you know the hot sex and uh, Kitty and Studs, but um, I would argue that you don't if you watch the Rockies and you watch the Rambo's and you watch the Cobra, you got everything you really need. I mean, I love Nighthawks. You love Nighthawks. But it's not, for, you know, it's for this. It's for the, the uh, intellectuals that you and I are, right? <laughs> oh man, yeah. Uh, Cobra, Cobra's got the chicken. T- you know, you want mac and yeah. cheese? Mm-hmm. It's got mac and cheese. Yeah. You want steak sirloin? It's got sirloin. You want yeah. soft serve south? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cobra's it's got, got it. Soft serve. Cobra's got it. Cobra's got every. If you are a fan of Stallone outside of the large franchises. Um, Cobra is all you need, because Cobra is really all you're gonna get for the rest of his career. <laughs> Just you know, yeah, you know what? I I am the optimist. I want to believe otherwise, but in the back of my head, I hear this voice. It sounds kind of like Frank saying, "It's true, it's true." That's weird. I thought he'd just be whispering racial epithets in the back of your head. <laughs> There's another voice in the background saying, Yeah, tell him again, it's true. Ha <laughs> So, uh, you know, Cobra <laughs> sees this news report. Uh, then we immediately see a, a woman get killed by random people in a van. 
yeah cut immediate like we 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 linger on that for five seconds mm-hmm. and then immediately cut to cobra at the police station saying he wants to be on the night slashers case yeah and he's previously on the zombie squad mm-hmm which uh, they never really explain what that is. They act like it's some kind of like the like every every city has a zombie squad. I think it's like the SVU or like they get like the hard cases or maybe they're like third shift. Like I would think like zombies, you got all like you know overnight, late night witching hour kind of stuff is what I assume. But um, yeah, it's almost like yeah. they're the expendables of the police yeah. department or the. Uh, undesirables or uh stallone's kind of <clears throat> used up all his original ideas of the police department <laughs> so uh you know he argues that if the killers don't have any rules yeah why should the police yep yeah good call that really rings true and November of 2021. Uh, so there's another murder, and um, Ivan Drago's wife happens to be driving by. No, listen, I have to, like, I'm so sorry. I just have to address this. So, like, I, I did go through, like, the scenes that were cut to make this a, um, a I guess, an R rating instead of an X rating. So, like, uh, so, like, is this the murder where they were like, yeah, originally they cut that woman's hands off. Now, listen, I've seen the worst of the worst. I've seen trash. I've seen elevated trash. I've seen just, you know, awful things, but like nothing is weird. I was like, you know what? It'd be cool if they just like cut her hands off here. Like who, like, why was that even a thing shot? You know, like this is not a horror film. This is not like a, like a grindhouse, yeah, like exploit- yeah, exploitation film. It's a fucking multi-million-dollar. Um, I think the budget was at least forty million. Like he was like, yeah, we should have these scenes where there's a lot of like decapitations and like uh, hands cut off and stuff. Like it makes me wonder if that shit was really shot or it's just like later Stallone, as we know he does, make shit up and like yeah, we know some scenes. I mean, like they had like. Their hands being cut off, you know, it's pretty rough. Yeah, because they yeah. said something about either a scene that was not filmed or was filmed of, a, like, a little kid showing up to the police station and giving them a present. They open it up, and it's the women, the woman's hands, like the Night Slashers taunting the cops. Yeah, there is a really awkward scene later that's never explained that... We'll get to it, but, like, it does... Maybe it provide some kind of evidence that they shot this stuff i don't know if stallone really directed this and he shot all this stuff it was clearly him like working through i don't know some kind of like psychological anger issues or maybe he was going through or he just, just like he saw like halloween like he started seeing all the the horror movies the late 70s and 80s and it's like you know yeah. what you know what nobody's done dirty hairy but with halloween mixed yeah in. i guess you're right i don't know this movie's bizarre and we're not even like halfway through it so uh rapid fire stuff bridget nielsen drives past yeah bridget nielsen shows up once again he's like i'll go put my girlfriend in it she's unrecognizable i the no the 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 montage of her being introduced where it's just like quick shots of her dancing around in her underwear with like 80s robots 
that's when mm-hmm. I really quit this movie. That I was watching it and I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I've already like had a hard time paying attention to the plot. There's something about a cult, and now there's like these robots and Bridget Nelson in her underwear, and it's like all quick like zoom in, zoom out shots, like with like slanted angles. And I'm just like, I don't know, dude. Maybe he was on drugs. I mean, besides steroids. Oh man, it, there's there's a lot going on. Um, I don't. So Bridget Nielsen drives by, sees that they had just killed somebody, or thinks. Not sure if she witnesses anything or not. The killers see her, and it turns out one of the group of killers is a police officer who runs her license plate. Uh, they announced that the Night Slasher has now killed 18 people, and they're like, fine, Cobra, you can, you can research these murders if you want to. So, um, you know, they're like, Cobra, you know every sicko in town. Yeah, what the fuck does that mean? (laughs) You get on the case, then we get a montage with no dialogue, where you could actually build character and learn more about the Oh yeah, because the the character character is never developed. But we'll get there, sorry. So, uh, (laughs) Cobra... Turns to his partner, who I don't even think has had any dialogue at this point nope. in the movie, mm-hmm. and tells him that, you know what your problem is? You're too violent. Yeah. Cobra, you shot a guy after stabbing him in the chest at the beginning of this movie. Mm. Yesterday. Um, around around this point, we get a scene of um, Cobra, Cobra going home, and he gets out of his car in front of his apartment, which is on like the LA beach or whatever. And a a person rides by on roller skates holding a sail. Now, Chris, you live in Atlanta. There's a lot of hipster shit going on down there. Oh, yeah. You ever seen anyone in roller skates holding a sail going down the street? A and it, snail, it, yes. A no, sail, a sail. No. <laughs> yeah, and if it was, was it friend of the podcast, Paul Sherman Jr.? <laughs> My girlfriend <laughs> laughed in the other room. We got, we got a new listener. <laughs> Folks, here at Sly and the Guys, we have three ratings. <laughs> so, I, uh, I didn't Bridget think this Nielsen... movie was be the, be the one to break us, but this movie is it is the one to break us. I was so excited for this movie. I hadn't seen it in so long. I think maybe now I never actually truly saw it. Just uh, yeah, like you. Yeah, I Mandela. It's a Mandela effect. I, I think it's a yeah. Mandela effect. We saw a completely different movie. And then like we started this podcast or whatever did the Mandela effect. There's different arguments to what like started it. But like, I don't know what we originally saw and like what this is. But they're two different things. South, did you ever play the the Wolfenstein games? I played, um, I played the, uh, I mean, of course I played the original once or twice. Like I played all the original first person shooters and then said, I've already played Goldeneye. This is stupid. Um, but yeah, I did play some of the new ones. I played the first new one. So I had a good some time. of the, the, the running stories and in, in threads in those is, you know, there's all the, always the talk about Hitler being obsessed with a cult or the Nazis yeah. being obsessed mm-hmm. with the which, occult, which, which is um, slightly true. 
Yeah. Not to, um, like he didn't really I don't think he really like I he he was in, interested in the occult. I don't think he like had the visions searching for like the uh holy grail or the um whatever that um thing that stabbed Jesus that one time. Um I think that maybe at some point in the future <laughs> someone in the Trump family started experimenting with the cult, the occult, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. went back in time, got himself elected, and that, like, you know, rebooted, reset, like, so movies that we thought we saw, like, Cobra got changed. Cobra got changed because of the occult. Um, and uh, that's my theory, that uh, that's why this movie's completely different from what we remember. I think it's probably our podcast. I think it's like a, you know, what do you call the that snake that eats its own tail? On a, uh, uh, the uh, Auroboros? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's like that. I think we initially probably did this podcast and really loved this movie, and it really upset Stallone that we loved it so much more than, like, I don't know, everything else. And then he sent one of his daughters who have that podcast back in time to, like, ruin Cobra. And like make Cobra what it is that we watch this indescribable movie that I can't I don't whatever so she, so she did enough things to upset like the the production but it then inadvertently like you know caused like you know uh, all the other things of the Mandela effect the Bernstein Bears the um, uh, actual Nelson the, Mandela um, the Sinbad, Sinbad yeah the Sinbad yeah yeah, movie. yeah yeah so it's really our our fault i think that we've really like um figured it out right here we're we're it should really be the sly in the guy's effect mm-hmm. so we're almost like the evil version of the wild stallions from bill and ted yes yes that's yeah exactly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so um writers <sighs> uh write in email in about how the uh, Sly and the Guy's effect has changed your life. If it's the Bernstein Bears, if it's Nelson Mandela, if it's uh, I don't know, it's Febreze. What two E's or one? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Fruit of the Loom is one too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because some people remember Fruits of the Loom or something. I don't, I don't know what it is. Wikipedia, you know, just don't accuse us of the uh, um, Twin Towers. We didn't do that. <clears throat> all right so uh bridget nielsen has a photo shoot uh the photographer then like sexually assaults her kind of and is just like hey if you like they, he doesn't actually say it out loud but he's like it could help your career like hey, yeah you know the real you kinda, harvey you weinstein back, we do more photos. yeah mm-hmm. um and then uh the killers show up Kill the photographer. Yeah, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Drive their van through, through a security it. guard yeah. into an elevator. Uh-huh. Um, and um, Bridget Nielsen hides under a ramp, and and the killers uh run away when when sirens are heard. Yeah. So Cobra and his partner Gonzalez then uh question Bridget Nielsen, uh Ingrid in this movie at the hospital. Mm-hmm. The uh, the bad cop tells the Night Slasher about Ingrid, lets her know where she is. Cobra tells Ingrid that they're going to take her to a safe house tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and then he uh, takes a police st- sketch home to cross-check against his own police files 
that he keeps at his house and tells Gonzalez to stay at the hospital to watch over Ingrid. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, he, he goes home mm-hmm. and just starts flipping through like mug shots that he has at his house. Yeah. Because that's... Normal. It's it, 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 very normal. It's kind of... It's, kind of, um, it's not... <clears throat> whatever. Keep going. Yeah. The night slasher has now dyed his hair black and shows up at the hospital. In this scene that's kind of... This is why I mentioned Halloween earlier. It's kind of like Halloween 2... Um, where, like, the Night Slasher's, like, stalking through the hospital, like, kill people, but it's also a little, like, yeah, terminator yeah, yeah, where yeah, the yeah, Terminator's, yeah. like, going through the police station to hunt you, down Sarah you, Connor. Yeah, good job, Chris. Did you just watch those? I did. Okay, yeah, yeah. No offense to you. Uh, yeah, but that is, yeah, that is very Halloween 2-ish. I thought the same thing where he's going through and killing, like, the nurses and the doctors and all that stuff so that when, like, um, she finally makes it out, there's no one there. So, yeah, mm-hmm. good call. Good call. Um, so Night Slasher shows up. Cobra gets a call from Gonzalez at the police station. And Cobra's like, why are you at the police station? Yeah. And Gonzalez is like, HQ called me and told me to come here. And Cobra knows something's up. Get back mm. to the hospital. So they rush back to the hospital. The Night Stalker kills a bunch of people and then attacks Ingrid. Cobra arrives at the hospital. Ingrid pulls the fire alarm and gets away. What other Halloweens did you watch? The first two. Oh, okay. All right. She watched part three. It's pretty good. It has nothing to do with Michael Myers, though. What's part three about? It's about... Well, I'm glad you asked. It's about a... Um, a uh, uh, a cult group that has um, made uh, three Halloween masks and distributed them throughout the uh, Western Hemisphere. And um, on Halloween, and each one has a little bit of Stonehenge in it. And uh, at the night of Halloween, they're going to play a song over the television system. And it's going to uh, blow all their brains up as a sacrifice to uh, the original uh, gods that the Druids worshipped. Mm. Mm-hmm. yeah it was a uh it, for a while they were like well, michael myers can only go so far we should make a new halloween movie every year it should be a different story and then it bombed and they're like we'll just keep making michael myers movies until he does wayne world so why did they um why did they give one of those masks to jim carrey well um because everyone wants him to uh die That's right, Jim. I saw your man on the moon documentary. You think it's artistic and you think it's art artistic integrity. You think you're just a normal Daniel Day Lewis, don't you? But we know the truth, don't we, Chris? We're coming for you, Jim. Who, who is you he hear really me? So? We're coming for you. You and Andy. I know you have him. And he's not really dead, is he, Jim? You've just been hiding him all these years. Well, me Jim and, Carrey, right in. Well, me Let and, us know. Me and, Jim, me and Jerry Lawler, we're coming for you. So after the hullabaloo at the hospital, <laughs> Cobra's just getting scolded by the chief. You know, Cobra, you've got an attitude problem. To which Cobra responds... 
Just yeah, like, but it's only a little one. Yeah, uh, which I'm sure thought he thought it was so funny in his head. Like he probably each came movie, to set with like yeah, one of those yeah. flip notebooks yeah. uh, of so many alternate one. We've already talked about it. Yeah, he had saved them all up from all the rest of his movies. But just showing up every day, like I thought of three more. When, uh, you yeah. know, like how Rocky uh-huh. writes jokes to go tell Adrian. Sylvester uh, yeah. Stallone's like in the shower, <laughs> yeah, getting ready to and shoot t- for the day. Like, and t- uh, what, if, uh, <laughs> yeah. what if I said that you're uh, you're a, a popcorn kernel and I'm the heat and I'm gonna pop you? Yeah. What do you uh, think? Do you think that would be a good one? Or whoa, 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 whoa. what about your? Oh, cold, and I am NyQuil. Yeah. What do you think? I'll push you to sleep. What uh, do you think? Yeah. Hey, you know, uh, I'll punch the turtles on the back of the shell. Yeah. What do you think that gives them? So this is... Uh, shell shock is a Vietnam uh, PTSD kind of. <laughs> so this is where the movie ends and another movie begins. And it's really interesting. Because all of a sudden, it becomes like... Like you, like you, you recognize this though. Like all of a sudden, the movie becomes completely different. Like when they yeah, go, it's like a complete tone shift. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. All of a sudden, like him and his partner and this random third person, and and uh, Ingrid, uh, not Ingrid Bergman. I'm sorry. <laughs> it would be awesome if Ingrid Bergman was in this. <laughs> um, but Bridget Nelson. I'm sorry. They all go, they all go on the run. So. <clears throat> they go on the run and they're um so they they go on the run there's this really long car chase that honestly like oh, is yeah, pretty yeah, good yeah. but it goes on for a while it's no it's a really good uh car chase i will give it that they're clearly trying to outdo bullet the the famous the most famous one um but it's also like to have a police officer have that type of um, car chase with that 1950 Mercury Monterey is so unrealistic and, and like it's so fantastic that it that it makes it almost comical. So like at one point during the chase, he spins yeah. the car around like mm-hmm. Paul Walker, Too Fast, Too Furious, and I get that comes later, but that's where all my references go: is Fast and the Furious. Uh, he spins the car around because he's got a car in front of him, a car behind him, and he shoots the car behind him with like an Uzi. Yeah. That car explodes, and then he spins the car back around without losing speed and continues to give chase. Yeah, it it, it makes the uh, car scenes and um, um, Death Race 2000 look realistic. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I skipped over that, but yeah, it's a long ass car chase. It goes on for way too long, but also like the ri- ridiculousness of that car, and like at some at some points, it's just like it's like cartoon levels of like what it's doing. You know, like how it's fl- like flying over explosions and like all that stuff. It just doesn't work, and I I don't know, man. It's the just... Night Slasher's car drives out of a parking garage, so yeah. Cobra's car jumps off the second story. Uh, yeah, that, like, yeah, just... etc. Yeah. Uh... Uh, so now they're on the run on the way to the safe house. Um, we get this this thing that, that Stallone likes to do is now that we're 45, 50 minutes into the movie, let's start developing the character a yeah. little bit with terrible dialogue. Yeah, let's throw in some uh, comedy. So, uh, 
uh, Cobra, why, why can't they put away all the bad guys? And Cobra says, tell it to the judge. Yeah. What do you mean, Cobra? We put them away? They just set them free. Yeah, this bureaucratic bullshit. So Cobra is just not really a fan of the justice system as it stands. He wants cops to have no rules because they have yeah. too many. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wants no judges, juries. He just wants to... I mean, I think he's really laying the groundwork for, like, when he finds out about the comic 2000 AD, he's like, we're going to make that movie because I want to be Judge Dredd. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think at this point, um, he was just, you know, this 86, um, I don't know, this Blue Lives Matter fascist bullshit, like, I don't know what to say about it, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, like at one point, it it's so funny that you keep quoting that behind the scenes things where he's like, I don't want it to be too preachy, but it's like honestly a, a three minute dialogue monologue type situation where he's just preaching about like the rights of police officers and how they should be able to do whatever they want because that's how like criminals are. Well, I got some bad news that the separation between uh police officers and criminals is that like you have to abide by the law, you know, like it's the whole point of like law enforcement and blah blah it's why blah, batman doesn't, doesn't kill people yeah, yeah yeah it's why batman doesn't kill people you know and i'm sorry i'm so i'm so sick of these current fucking people being like well batman should just kill people but you know what i hate even more is these fucking liberals saying like well if bruce wayne put his money in the social programs it might fix the crime in gotham city it's like both of you are fucking stupid like fuck off number one social programs are gonna fix the fucking joker okay social programs are gonna fix Mambat or bane well actually actually maybe bane because bane was raised in a prison and is well no in a central american <laughs> i think we broke south it's not gonna south. fix mr freeze <laughs> Because his wife is frozen in some fictional <laughs> disease or whatever. <laughs> oh, this is a pretty good character, though. South chill. <laughs> chill. Chill out. Yeah. Oh, whatever, uh, so whatever. They, uh, they're on their way to the safe house. They stop for food. Cobra mm. flirts with Ingrid like he he does the the Stallone flirt where yeah he just this is where the comedy sticks stuff in. out like, of the starts, environment yeah. to like uh-huh. you know yeah <laughs> you ever eat, you ever <laughs> eaten frog eggs Chris you ever eaten frog eggs no I've never eaten frog eggs knowingly <laughs> and yeah this like country restaurant they have there they have a they, um, they have a pretty cool stuffed iguana you know I'm a I'm a big fan of. Uh, Stuff things taxidermy, so uh, I'd like that stuffed iguana. It looked pretty cool. But Stallone like uh, brings over a giant fake burger, and he's like, "Hey, uh, yeah. you want a burger? Pretty, pretty big burger." I'm sure that yeah. was I'm sure that was improvised. And and let's be honest here. He's he said nothing but like 
like downer catchphrase about like you're you're the crime i'm i mean you're the disease i'm the cure and all of a sudden he's like bringing over fake plastic burgers being like isn't this funny (laughs) it's a buffet south you take what you want it's a golden corral we've just gotten to the comedy there is this like they show so Ingrid's eating French fries at this roadside they sh- restaurant. They show close-ups of these French fries at least four or five times. Like I don't do you think it's like Stallone was just like. Do you think that's maybe something like Bridget Nielsen actually ate a lot of French ketchup on her French know. fries and Stallone, true to his form, is like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna make fun of her by Probably. just keep. I'm gonna keep emphasizing yeah. how much ketchup she's putting on these French fries. You, it's gonna be yeah, really funny because you know what. As far as I can tell, you might correct me, but Frank Stallone had nothing to do with this movie, so I'm sure I'm sure Sly needed someone to make fun of. So he quickly then uh, probably picked his like his wife at the times like probably like that was probably her like cheat meal. It was like French fries with ketchup, and he was like, I'm just gonna make like the French fries and ketchup like a plot point because he's a really cool guy who's friends and really nice to all of his family and loved ones. Uh, so while they're uh, this movie is uh, I thought I was going to love every single movie we watched and um, you know, the, yeah, I've been wrong one, before the, I'll be wrong this one, again this one broke us um, yeah I like I like. she's like where? what is this place and um, he's like oh it's a foundry town and like right you know my mother's from a mill town so like at the time I was like I guess it's like a mill town but I'm not really sure so I looked it up and like foundry, there's no foundry towns in Northern California. It's like completely like, I don't know why he would even come up with this. They're mostly what's considered foundry towns are in England. So it's so strange. It, it's beyond him because he's not smart enough to figure this shit out. Um, I, I the, the first half of the movie is baffling. The second half is like, it's like LSD. I don't know so where what, he came up with any of this shit. Yeah, and so one of the things that they mentioned, you know, uh, we mentioned IMDb trivia so much and Wikipedia and how they're mm-hmm. basically interchangeable at this point, but they mentioned that Top Gun was such a success that they wanted to trim even more running time off the movie so they could play on more screens yeah, per yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they're just like, yeah, we just cl- cut out a bunch of extra plot stuff. But I don't know that 30 minutes more of plot would make this movie make any more sense. Well, you mentioned it earlier about like him just now seeing Halloween 2 and wanting that hospital scene. I was just skip straight ahead. He clearly went through it. Maybe Bridget Nelson, when he married Bridget Nelson, she's a big horror fan. So she, she showed him all these horror movies. And uh, along with Halloween 2, he watched one of my personal favorite films of all time, The Texas chain saw massacre because he kills the main villain of this movie 20 minutes later by putting him on a giant meat hook yeah like a why is there a meat hook in this factory it doesn't make any fucking sense <laughs> we'll definitely get to it i because uh, i i do want to discuss the night before okay the climax all right, all right. Movie. yeah 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 Okay, I'm sorry. They're yeah. in the, the hotel. Love, the love for, scene, yeah. So for whatever reason, the, the bad cop had been assigned to the 
squad to help protect Ingrid for some reason because, you know, yeah. Cobra mm-hmm. and Gonzalez couldn't do it themselves. So she calls the the uh, Night Slasher crew and tells them where they are. Or that's what we, we, we assume. And, and, um, okay, okay, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know if you explain this enough, but the, the Night Slasher crew is some kind of cult that's never explained. It's just like this guy kills people and has a cult behind him but he's not really the leader he's like a member is yeah it's so there's uh, uh, still sorry cobra while arguing with the police chief about like what we need rules and stuff yeah they think that it's just one serial killer and cobra's just like i don't think it's one I think it's a bunch of people doing the killing, so we got an army of night slashers out there. And he's doing that off of no evidence. It's just like, I just think that's probably what's happening. Exactly. I mean, he's yeah. right. Yeah, he but... is right in the end. But it's pure, like, like um, it's like the like uh, the fear of the Manson family. You know, like, like it can't just be one person. There's got to be, like, a whole bunch of them out there. And... I get it. Like in this movie, there is, and like with the Manson family, there was, but like it doesn't. Like, why couldn't this movie had just been the Night Slasher? There's no point to there being an entire cult behind it, and the cult's never explained. Yeah, uh, I think. Do you think maybe Stallone was like, well, I already did Wolfgar and Nighthawks. I don't know. I, once again, I think we're just gonna have to call Bridget Nelson. Does she have a cameo? I don't know. I, I, we may have to get in touch through Flavor Flav. <laughs> oh, Flavor Flav definitely has a cameo. I'm pretty sure. So we'll have to buy a cameo from Flavor Flav, and be like, "Hey, can you give us Bridget Nelson's number?" And we'll have to call her and be like, "Hey, did you introduce Sylvester Stallone to not only Halloween Two, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre?" And like made him read that one Manson book that everyone read, um, and this is the Berenstein Bears. The Berenstein Bears, and how do you feel about the yeah uh, Mandela effect? And um, fuck it, can you give us Sly's number? Oh, we can dream. I'll call. I'll, so, I'll call him on this podcast. I don't give a shit. What's he gonna so do? So the, they're at the hotel. And Ingrid's sleeping, and Cobra's just setting grenades on the table and getting machine guns ready. It's almost like he forgot that he wasn't making Rambo. Um, and he's just, like, pointing, like, the gun's laser sight at himself in the mirror. Yeah. And uh, just like Ingrid Alan. wakes up, oh, you can't sleep? Yeah. Like, no, because he's, like... Psychotic. being weird in the mirror and he's a psychotic person and like, they've already yeah, been allowed on the force and they've already established this female cop that's with him um he's very suspicious of her and honestly too is that like that actress they got her they got the player is like um looks to lead an alternate lifestyle in the 80s so it's you know like it's just like that eighties masculinity. It was like, well, we can't can't trust the lesbian. She's gonna <laughs> she's gonna trade on us, and that's what happens. You know, like so it's just like pure eighties like stereotypical bullshit. So the next morning, the uh, night slasher cult shows up on like motorcycles and, yeah. and all sorts of stuff. They but, but, uh, but before yeah, Cobra come before that we get the best line where. <laughs> Uh, Bridget Nilsson, like they're all like walking out of their bungalows or whatever, 
And she's like, you look so mad. And he's like, I always look like this before breakfast. And I relate to that. <laughs> I always look mad before breakfast. Or honestly, uh, you know, probably about eleven thirty. I don't. I don't think they ever actually say the female cop's name no, in the movie. No, they, they don't did, say half the names in this fucking movie. I had the so, hardest time writing down notes for this movie. I'm just they, like they can't find her. Like, oh yeah, she's down in her room. I don't know where she <laughs> is. And then you see her out on the road talking to the night slasher crew, and and Cobra's suspicions are confirmed. She is working with the. The Night Slasher cult. cult. Yeah. Um, and everybody just starting. I started tallying how many people Cobra kills in this movie. Oh my I'm god. I'm pretty sure he kills more than he does in Rambo. Really? At least on screen. Huh. In this in, like, in the, climactic in the, scene. Well, of course. It, well, kills... you mean in Rambo 2. You mean Rambo so far that we've yeah, watched. Yeah. He yeah. only kills one person in Rambo. Mm-hmm. He kills like and then, thirty something Rambo two or twenty nine. Just just in this climactic scene, I may have lost count, but thirty four people in that scene. 30? He had killed three people earlier, uh, and then another one at the beginning of the movie. Like he kills, he pushes at least forty people in this movie. So maybe the death numbers that he gives at the beginning of the movie include all yeah. of Cobra's kills on duty. Well, um, spoiler alert, in two movies we get Rambo 3, and I'm sure he'll he'll make up for it. So, um, yeah, Gonzalez gets shot while they're returning fire. Ingrid gets in uh, the pickup truck that they're now driving, and Cobra jumps in the back and just starts spraying down everybody yeah. on motorcycles yeah. while they chase behind the, the pickup truck. Just one after another, after another, after another. It's like Return of the Jedi when they're like killing the Imperial bikers, but like they're just just over and over and over. Again. Yeah, no, no. Like, here's the thing. Um, there's never mind. We'll get to it. Okay. So then they the the truck is, is can't be used anymore. So Ingrid runs into a foundry. The foundry. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, Cobra, you know, follows soon thereafter. There's more of them chasing him. Cobra sets a grenade and then shoots it. Kills, like, three of them. Mm-hmm. He starts burning people alive. He, yeah, he does, like, yeah, he does light that guy on fire. Yeah. He, he, and the, and the really, whole, like, the whole pours... time that, the, the, I mean, he's not evil, but, like, the, the cop that's, like, not above him, but, like, co-above him is, like, just don't kill too many people this time. And he's like, yeah, I'll just set this guy on fire then. Well, the best part, so he sets two people on fire in rapid succession, mm. and the second one, he, like, whispers from up above, yeah. you have the right to remain silent, oh and then God. sets him on fire. Yeah. God fucking damn it. Then the uh, the bad cop shows up. She, like, jumps on Cobra, but then accidentally gets killed before she can kill Ingrid. I actually think the Night Stalker kills her, or somebody else shoots her. I don't think Cobra actually killed her. Yeah. And then we get this showdown of the Night Slasher versus Cobra, and we get, like, some of his first dialogue of the entire movie where, uh... He, yeah, this he is when he this... started... I don't give a shit anymore. He goes on this Blue Lives... Like, he was Blue Lives Matter before Blue Lives Matter. Like, this whole bullshit about, like... It just... 
it's what I, I we've accused Stallone in the past of kind of like uh, um, what do you call it when you like go for a certain audience you know like um, pandering pay yeah he's completely pandering to that 80s Reagan era like uh, authoritarian like audience that like that like watched Dirty Harry and were like you know that Dirty Harry guy didn't go far enough you know <laughs> like like that's what it is in this whole monologue. I read a review of this movie where they say that like this isn't Dirty Harry, this is Filthy Harry. Like this is yeah. someone just just doing it to eleven. Exactly, and like this fucking idiot has it said like every has it said more than seven words at a time throughout this entire movie. So all of a sudden he just like it's like the it's like uh, Jay and Silent Bob where the end of every Kevin Smith movie Silent Bob like unloads four paragraphs. It's the exact same fucking thing except for like it's just like this pro authoritarian fascist bullshit rat by a man with a you know like pro yeah, pro police and state. So we didn't mention the night slasher is played by Brian Thompson, who the only other movie I've ever seen him in is mortal Kombat annihilation. He plays Shao Kahn. Um, and, uh, he goes on this like diatribe about that. This is the new world. They're basically like advocate. We now know that the, the cult of serial killers are advocating for social Darwinism and the strong survive and the weak should die. And we're making the human race stronger. And this is the new world order. New Um, world. And, uh, he says, you know, we're the new world. And then Cobra says, your history this is where the law stops and I start, sucker. Um, yeah, he does call him, he does call cop, him sucker, doesn't he? Yeah. The bad cop lady isn't dead. She tackles Cobra, and then him and the Night Stalker grapple. He hangs the Night Stalker on a meat hook. and then On a meat, the yeah. Meat he throws him just a meat hook. A, yeah goes through like a wall of fire and burns him on the meat hook mm-hmm. and he just watches him burn alive <sighs> so luckily gonzalez survived um and that and... and that's the end of the new world order mm-hmm. until 1996 when hulk hogan turned hill at the bash of the beach and joined kevin nash's wait never mind sorry it's wrong so we get a call back to, you know, Stallone making fun of Gonzalez for eating junk food because Gonzalez, while bleeding out and getting put into the back of an ambulance, yeah, goes, I really thought they oh, killed you know Gonzalez. what I'd kill yeah. for? Yeah. Some gummy bears. Um, The rest of the police show up and they commend Cobra. And then that stickler for the rules cop, Monty, shows up and is like, you know, Cobra... I still don't think you do it by the book, but maybe we should get together over dinner and discuss it. And Was Cobra does the reasonable thing and punches, punches the guy. Him. Yeah, punches the guy. And then gets on one of the Night Stalker's motorcycles with Ingrid and drives away. Now, do you think because he killed the leader of the cult, he gets, like, control of the cult after that? Is that how that works? Maybe. Yeah, I... Again, uh, Wikipedia, like, uh, the original alternate ending is that cop, Monty, who was kind of set up to be, like, an antagonist at the beginning of the movie because he's always admonishing Cobra, was going to be the leader of the cult. And I don't understand why they didn't do that other than... 
they just couldn't figure it out. But mm-hmm. it's just a waste of a character. The whole movie's uh, uh, the credits <laughs> roll, and I'd never been happier at the end of a Stallone movie. <laughs> Oh, so here in the slide in the guys movie podcast we have three rankings we have um uh we have direct to video we have theatrical release and we have inclusion in the criterion collection chris pope where would you put this movie so i really want to love this movie on paper it checks every single one of my boxes it's got sly it's the 80s, my favorite decade. It's ridiculous. It's over the top. There's plenty of one-liners. But this far into the podcast, I've already seen everything that's in the movie from Stallone. Uh, and he does it better in every other movie. Uh, it's just cliche after cliche. But I also think it's like the blueprint for like Steven Seagal's whole career. Like, Steven Seagal's gonna watch this movie and go, like, I'm just gonna make that movie a hundred times. Um, and Steven Seagal is the king of of my rating that I'm giving this movie straight to video. What about you? Um... So, like I said earlier, I really think in some way... This was such a win for Stallone that that in the back of his head, he was like, I should just keep making Cobras the rest of my fucking life. Because I would argue that The Expendables is is a a spiritual sequel to this movie. Mm -hmm. And that includes the two released sequels to that and the one currently in production or in post-production or whatever. And I, I... you know, um, this podcast has <laughs> opened a lot of things to me, but I always thought, you know, Stallone makes interesting choices, no matter if they're good or bad, and I think this is the end of that. I think um, even when he made the Rockies, you know, he would do the Nighthawks. Mm-hmm. Um even the failures, even, you know, right, you know, uh, he still did rhinestone. Um, but I think at this point he just gave up now, maybe he would return to some kind of like, uh, respectable art artistry, um, in the aughts. But I think this seals the deal for at least the next two decades. At least, I don't know. I will see, you know, uh, stand by. But this movie um, was so fucking bad that it mystifies me how someone made it. This is like, it's like when you see a bizarro... uh, surreal horror film from a completely different country that you understand nothing about. Like, like I feel like if you fed an AI machine, a bunch of random action films from the eighties, it would produce this movie because it doesn't make any fucking sense. Mm -hmm. It is so mean spirited. There is no redeeming qualities about anyone in this movie. 
maybe the partner because he likes sugar. Um, it it is so fucking bad, and so amazingly bad. I think it should go in the Criterion Collection. Wow, it's almost like it took skill to make a movie this bad. I don't know how you would make this movie. It's such a fucking train wreck, and it. But like every every parody you've seen in like '90s and recent sitcoms of like '80s action movies, this is what it's parodying. This movie, yeah. like, um, I'm not. You know, they just announced that Always Sunny in Philadelphia is now the longest running live action uh, comedy show in history. But think about like how much of that show kind of like makes fun of like eighties action films, you know, of like that, that one franchise is like reoccurring. Mm -hmm. They're making fun of this fucking movie. This is what it is, you know? So no, I I mean, I'm not really saying it should go in the criterion collection, but um, I, I don't even know. It should go somewhere. Yeah. It should go somewhere. This movie is amazingly bad. I don't. I don't. I don't even know anymore. Like, like we we broke down like three times in this podcast because it's just fucking awful, and it I, makes the, the no one sense. thing it's got going for it. I guess I know I already spoke, but uh, like it, it's not that long. It is only like ninety three minutes. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. at least we're not watching the X rated cut that's like two hours and ten minutes or whatever, or the director's cut that's two hours long that allegedly there's a a VHS cut or something, some sort of like pre-print cut that's circulated at some point in history but yeah you're right i i don't know i'm i'm just taken aback this movie is so stupid so mean so um exploitative of like i guess like the attitudes at the time like you know what yeah this goes it should have never been released We've talked about this idea that Stallone has movies that were never released. This one really shouldn't have. But then again, if it was released today, starring like... um, Gerard Butler? No, at least I think Gerard's too good for this. Um, I don't know. If it was was released today, starring Vince Vaughn. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know that's funny. But like Vince Vaughn has made a couple of like really... um, like dragged across concrete. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like dragged across concrete and brawl and cell block, whatever it's called. And I, I kind of respect that filmmaker, but like also those movies are just almost too much. So I don't know, man. It's this it's the same guy that did Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, right? yeah, which I love Bone yeah. Tomahawk. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but his recent movies have just been almost too much for me. Um, so I don't know this. Uh, so let's say straight the video. Listeners, if you have the desire, if you haven't watched this movie yet and you have the desire to, just look at picture, just look at the gif of him cutting the pizza because yeah, that's like, yeah. look at the look at the movie poster. He looks really cool, and yeah. that's about as far as the movie goes. I and, think. And, and, I, I mean, and, I'm normally a big proponent and an apologist for Stallone and trying to speak good about the movies. This one's fucking garbage. Yeah, and I know a certain somebody is going to call me and tell me like, we just took it too seriously and all this stuff. But like, 
you have to take this movie seriously because it takes itself so fucking seriously. So yeah. like, cause it is very much like Stallone. He really thinks he's making a message. You, yeah. P- uh, viewers at home, you can't watch this cause we don't do video, but uh, Chris has had a match in his mouth the entire time, like Cobra and he just dropped it. So, <laughs> well, I just set, set up a, a uh, unarmed person on fire. A person yeah, with uh... mental, you know, yeah, incapability. Ah, oh, man. They, but they. There's never any. Ugh, I could but, but, keep going. Okay, about, like, okay, okay. But here's what is my, the cult? Here's my. Yeah, yeah. The cult's never addressed. But here's my point. Imagine this movie if James Cameron made it. <laughs> it would be infinitely better. You know, like yeah. So I think this is the worst case of like. Stallone taking over production because because I I don't understand this history. You might understand it better than me, but this this came this came out of him being uh, attached to Beverly Hills Cop, and then he rewrote it and apparently wrote it as Cobra. And they were like, "Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> like, so this is technically his version of Beverly Hills Cop. So think about that. I think Stallone can make great movies, but he needs someone on set telling him no. And he, in 1986, he doesn't have that. And I don't think he has for like no, almost the I, entirety of this decade. Oh, in the 80s? Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a start. I think, I, I think he's, like I said, I think this is a movie that's put us into the golden age of bad Stallone that might take till when um when did um the 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 new rocky come out rocky rocky bamboa 2006 yeah so this okay so this might enter a 20 year period where he is stallone at his most unrestrained and it's nothing but shit I love the '90s. I think there's some good. I, I, well, I mean, we'll see. You, we'll see. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll yeah. see. You know, because I haven't seen Demolition Man in a number of years. Yeah. I had two separate people ask me this week when we're doing Cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a soft spot in my heart for Daylight, but yeah, there's a yeah. Oh man, I hope this is the worst of what we have ahead of us. But I'm. I, I never thought. Not. Yeah, I never thought Cobra would be the one to be like. This is the. This is the worst thing we've seen. I'll watch Kitty and Stud infinitely. At normal speed. Yeah. Uh huh. At least it's weird. At least it's interesting. All right. So we did have some questions about this one. Um, uh, Chris Patton from uh, Lawrenceville, Georgia uh, asked, what other foods would you eat with scissors? Or would you prepare with scissors, rather, I guess? Um, hmm. Outside soup? Of soup. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like a wonton soup sometimes those wontons are too big yeah uh-huh. um let's see um ice cream ice cream i think would be a good one i think ice cream would be just as valid as pizza yeah uh-huh. <laughs> i think, I think... What, what kind of food would you cut with scissors sound well you know we're recording this on uh <laughs> in the mid-november so thanksgiving's coming up so i think i think all you listeners should just bring some you bring your own personal scissors to thanksgiving and you know like take those green beans just cut them up with your scissors you know just reach over there at the turkey just cut you off a piece of turkey with some scissors and uh 
Hell, go for the dressing, go for the mashed potatoes. I think we should bring uh, hashtag scissors at Thanksgiving. Make it a thing. That's how the Native Americans would have wanted it. Well, and you know, we could take it one step further. If mm-hmm. your if your family has more of a formal Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner, you can get those like craft scissors yeah. that have like the mm-hmm. designs cut into them. So yeah. while you're cutting yeah. the edge, and here, like, and it, it gives you like bubbles or like ruffles or something. Yeah, and here's the other thing too: if you have kids in your family, you can buy them those like uh, those like dull scissors. You know that they mm-hmm. like give to like uh, kids in a uh, you know they give the kids in like elementary school and probably gives us to loan today. Um, moving on, um, Eric from Chattanooga, Tennessee, writes in and says, "Hey, Eric, thanks for listening." Why he says, "Why do you not think? Why do you think a Cobra Two never happened?" Because God has mercy on us. <laughs> um. I, I will tell you this though, I don't know the answer to that, but I do know they made three Beverly Hills Cops, and then there wasn't there a TV show for a while. I believe so. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then I think they are making a fourth one, and I know the idea that they made that like, a huge franchise of Beverly Hills Hills Cops or Cop and not Cobra keeps Stallone up at night, like till today i know that there there's no way they're not at least in development on a reboot of this movie there's no way uh yeah i you know um i think i saw some like um like i think i you know now that you mentioned it i think they are rebooting it with a new cast and crew and all that stuff i'm not sure stallone's involved i know i saw some footage of it being shot um summer before last uh, they were calling it the George Floyd Project. Oh my god! Um, I might cut that one out. <laughs> I want to say no, but I mean, I, like this movie. If you if you remade this movie and kept like just this cop, just like unrestrained, like just killing people left and right, like it wouldn't make a lot of money today, you know? Yeah, I want to say yeah there's always been talk but here's the thing there's always been talk about every stolen project having a sequel because he go because that's he does that shit he has interviews like he was like well you know they're gonna make nighthawks into like a showtime series or something it's like dude you're just pulling the shit out of your ass uh, allegedly in 2019 at the Cannes Film Festival, Stallone famous for talking out of his ass yeah. discussed that a remake is in development in the form of a TV series, and that the project is moving forward with Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, and uh, what Chris meant was it wasn't the Cannes Film Festival, it was the Con Film Festival, because Stallone's a fucking con of a person. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Kara Clinton of Brookhaven, Georgia, writes in and says, Do you think St- Stallone participated in any method acting and preparation for this role? We might should not answer that one. <laughs> um, maybe insofar as Sly's really far up his own ass. I hope. <laughs> I hope that his method acting would just be like wearing sunglasses and chewing on a match, and not I don't know, 
just shooting people doing doing ride-alongs with the lapd oh just like God. do i get a gun <laughs> do i get a gun don't worry i brought my own it's, yeah uh, it's uh, no, I must think, have made. yeah and, and and listen everyone if you think we're giving stallone a hard time imagine uh what's gonna come out in our next podcast the uh <laughs> what did we call it with steven seagal uh, <laughs> i don't remember what it was yeah, imagine if we were doing a podcast about Steven Seagal, who became a police officer, right? Yeah. Mm. Oh, man. All right. That's it. I don't remember what else we do on this podcast. Um, all right. Well, thanks so, for listening in. If you've just quit us, this, you know, this might be it. That's fine. Um, what? So next next episode, what... What do we got next episode, Chris? Uh, next up, we're watching a 1987 democracy about Stallone's aversion to subtlety. <laughs> it's called Over the Top. Over the Top. Maybe uh, one of the only films made about arm wrestling? Uh, what? Yeah, and one of the very few about truck drivers. Truck drivers. Uh, yeah, arm wrestling. We've been, uh, you know, we've had a, a handful of movies since we had a good arm wrestling scene. Um, <laughs> You're right. Like he, we, yeah. We we haven't had an arm wrestling scene since. Wow. When was it? Paradise Alley, Paradise maybe? Paradise Alley? Yeah, because he had so many in a row. So, so maybe the. Uh, is, still. Is, Still, also know that this movie was terrible. Maybe he's like, you know, what I gotta do. I gotta go back to my roots and make. Yeah, what was that's the it. best part yeah. of Paradise Alley. Mm-hmm. The armrest. Let's see. Let's make a whole movie about that. Yeah, exactly. He went back to his roots and made a whole movie about arm wrestling. Can't wait, folks. It's uh, it's available for rent VOD about two ninety nine. It looks it looks like you can find it on Pluto TV. That's free. Also in Tubi. I think you can find most movies on Tubi for free, one way or the other. So, um, I go watch it. I'm sure it's gonna be better than this shit. Um, <laughs> it can't be worse. It's not gonna make you want to go take a shower. Chris, where can people find us? South, I'm glad you asked, because people can find us in a plethora of places. Oh, okay. Uh, uh-huh. As always, you can send us an email with any questions, comments, yeah, concerns, uh, to no, no slyintheguys at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you can follow us at Bush League Comedy on Facebook and YouTube if uh-huh. you're looking for a laugh. Oh, yeah. Um, Sly and the guys on Instagram, uh, we always post when we're about to record an episode, so if you mm-hmm. want to get any last-minute questions in or know when the episodes are coming out, make sure you're following us on there. Yep. Um, and uh, we've released a special edition Sly and the Guys Magic 8 Ball with personalized Wait, answers, what? yeses and nos. Oh. Um, uh. So make sure to get those. They're a good stocking stuffer for Christmas. <laughs> um yeah so uh yeah do all that i think that's about it um once again thanks for listening um you know what i just it just feels so weird without saying like fuck frank stallone on this one but um had to get that in in the end (laughs) folks please rate us please review us please subscribe to everything you do your podcast if you want to 
Um, open your windows, blast it out so the people in the streets can hear it. I'm sure they'll appreciate it. Uh, tell your friends. Tell your family. Just don't tell Stallone. We're sliding the guys with your podcast themselves. And I'm done. <laughs> See you I'm next friends. time. Oops. <laughs> That's it. And I'm the cure. Die! <laughs> <laughs>